TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Five to shoot. Harris looks up. Gotta go. Brown knows it. He's got it. That's the got shot. It. Got it. Maybe the one that find the game. You mentioned it. Big time dagger. First to drive to finish. Get the puppies organized. Fill it. Big time. Well, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Glenn Mack now along with Ray Dinger. Uh, Ray, uh, Nova took more daggers last night than uh, than Mac the Knife could have provided. <laughs> it was, I, I'm sorry, I tried to come up with something in the moment. That's okay. I don't know how many people will get that reference. Uh, but he is Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack now on this rainy Sunday morning in the Delaware Valley. And, yes, it was a tough evening for the Villanova Wildcats as uh, Kansas they got out to a lead at the beginning of that game, Ray. What was it, twenty-five to nothing? <laughs> it felt like that. It oh, felt like that. Man, it did. And Kansas ends up beating Jay Wright and the boys, eighty-one to sixty-five. And I got to tell you, at times it really didn't feel that close. I never. I know Nova made a couple runs. Did you ever get the sense that the Wildcats were going to be able to grab that lead? No, I didn't. No, I think they cut it to six, um, which, I mean, I guess looks like they're back in the game. But you never really got the feeling that they were ever going to quite get over the hump. And, yeah. uh, you know, the game, that was not the way they wanted to play the game. You know, they wanted to – we talked yesterday a lot during the show about how the, the Wildcats wanted to play it. And pretty obvious. I mean, they wanted to play at a slope. They wanted to play at their pace, control the ball, uh, keep the score down, keep it close, put yourself in a position where you could win it at the end. Uh, and – Ideally, the the ideal Villanova game is usually played in the fifties, maybe the sixties. But if you thought, if you had said, if you had said to me before that, well, Kansas is going to score eighty, I would have said, well, Villanova has no chance. And that's kind of what happened. You know, Kansas jumped out ten nothing, and Villanova was playing uphill the rest of the way, and they just didn't didn't have the horses to pull it off. Correct. Uh, I have to tell you, I um, I ordered a pizza. And I sat down at the, the snack table in front of the big TV. And the pizza arrived at 6, Ray. And, like, by 6.20, I had indigestion. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, it, it was there. Um, and, by the way, Kansas goes on to play North Carolina, who uh, had a gr- just a great win yesterday over Duke of the Nightcap. Very exciting game. We're going to talk about that one more in just a minute. But, yeah, you, you kind of discussed this. Jay had a small guard-centric lineup, if that's a word. And it worked for him all year. And then last night, you know, six foot ten, David McCormick, 
as they say in Bull Durham, David McCormick announced his presence with authority. Mm-hmm. Led all scores, had 25 points, 10 of 12 shooting, monster first half. And uh, to kind of get back to what you said, Jay Wright said after the game, it was it was our game plan to not let him get going, him as in McCormick. And we made some mistakes, but not being in contact with him, letting him catch and shoot, it was not our game plan going in. You go down 10 to nothing against a team that good, you're in trouble. Um, yeah, they needed to – no, Villanova needed to hit the threes. Uh, they needed to bank on great free throw shooting which they had had all tournament, all season, and they, they never really got the chance. They Ray, they couldn't get off a clean shot in those first 10 minutes. No, they couldn't, and they did look, um, they did look jittery at the beginning. I mean, one of, the things, one of the things that's fairly typical of a Jay Wright team is the team, they don't turn the ball over. They don't make mistakes. They make their foul shots. They're very fundamentally really, really sound. Uh, and in this game, they came out and they turned the ball over a bunch early which is what accounted for the 10 nothing hole they found themselves in. And they could just never get out of it. You know, they, I think they had four turnovers in the first couple of minutes and that allowed Kansas to break out to that lead. And, you know, you say, well, 10 nothing early in the game. I mean, that's not that hard. Yeah, it is. When you're playing against a, a really good team, which Kansas certainly is, a team with a lot of depth, and you're shorthanded, um, it's, just, it's, it's just too much to overcome. And you know, the Cats made a couple of runs. I mean, they had a couple of runs where they got close. But as you said, even when they got it to six, I just never had the feeling that they had they had they they were taking control of the game. You always yeah, got the feeling that, you know, the next possession down, down the court, they're going to dump it inside to McCormick. He's going to get a basket or they're going to hit a three and they're going to restore control. The, you know, Kansas was in control really from the beginning of that game. And full credit to them. I mean, they're, they're a good team. They got a lot of good players. They got a lot of depth. They're well coached. And you know, they had had some moments in the tournament where they looked a little vulnerable. You know, they didn't play great against Miami. They played kind of okay to get past Creighton, Providence. You know, they hadn't really looked. That's one of the reasons why I kind of thought, you know, Villanova might have a chance here because I didn't think that Kansas looked like a super team through the tournament. They were shown in all of the games up to this point, they had shown you know, signs of a little vulnerability. Not yesterday. Yesterday, they played their best game. And Good for them. And if they play one more game like that tomorrow night, guess what? They're going to be national champions. Yeah, and they're big. Ooh, they're a big team, and they're well-coached, and their defense just smothered the, that full-court press. Colin Gillespie, who, who had a, a fine enough game, he had 17 points, um, hit five for eight threes, which is always a great number, um, but they forced turnovers, and, and that was that. And his career ends, great Villanova player, and that career ends. Um, and so that season ends, and then you get the second game of the night, Ray, and let's just play a highlight from that one. Love, Ooh. top of the key. Oh, big time delivery. Caleb Love, um, that game, that second game, North Carolina against Duke was an instant classic, Ray, a, a, a back-and-forth um demonstration of you know the best rivalry in college basketball uh, all the backstory with coach k uh in his final year in what proved to be his final game at a young team they weren't able to do it tar heels coming in as an eight seed into the tournament did we talk yesterday about how nova won the tournament as an eight seed back in 85 lowest seed ever to win yep well, maybe that gets duplicated as North Carolina North Carolina wins and Mike Shashevsky's legendary coaching career is over thanks to uh, Hubert Davis. First, this is Hubert Davis' first year there, right? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, how about that? 
Guess he didn't believe in the storybook narrative there. Uh, no, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> Nobody gave him the script. Apparently not. Time. I mean, he's uh, well. I mean, this is twice now. I mean, they, you know, Shashevsky's last game in Cameron in Cameron Fieldhouse, yeah. last the last game at Duke. Um, North Carolina spoiled the party that day, and then you get another shot at him here in the tournament, and Shashevsky has a chance to go out as the champion, and Carolina spoils it again. So yeah, I mean these guys obviously are not into sentiment. These guys are these guys are not uh, they're not about uh, those kinds of storylines. They just they just go out and play. And uh, the last two the last two losses that Mike Shashevsky suffered. I mean I can't imagine them being any more painful than than losing those those games with all of that significance and losing them to your most bitter rival. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So I'm here, sure you so, did. Oh yeah. So I mean, listen, I was bummed out watching the Nova game. I. I thought it was going to be a game, and it really never was much of a game. It was just disappointing. And then it's—I am an anti-Dukeite. I, I will get into that in a second. So I thoroughly enjoyed seeing that. Not as much, by the way, as our friend Mike Vrieswick, former Temple player, who posted last night on Facebook: "So long, rat face." <laughs> <laughs> Mike might be bitter about a loss thirty-something years ago, but yeah, you know. well, that uh, the Duke uh, Duke ended Temple's greatest season. Uh, and uh, that was the Billy King team, our our WIP our WIP colleague, yeah. and uh, yeah, listen, I felt that one too. I mean, I was you know I'm a Temple guy, and that was that was a great Temple team, coached by John Cheney with a freshman Mark Macon, and they were number one in the country at one oh, point in that season. The, the dream, man, sure. and going into that you know, and going into that playoff, I mean, I, I had real hopes that they might actually win the thing, and and Duke just. Duke just took him to school. Are you an anti-Dukeite? Uh, not to the degree that you are. <laughs> yeah, but you're more moderate in everything. Yeah, that's generally true. So you are an anti-Dukeite. I am not a Duke fan. Let's put it that way. Oh, right. You're, you're evading. Your Honor, the witness is evading the question, right? <laughs> if I bring up to you Christian Leitner and Grayson Allen, those those shading tripping plays he had a couple of years ago. And if I, if I bring up to you the Cameron crazies who refuse to sit down and wave within three inches of <laughs> opponents, if I, if I bring up to you, Ray, that Duke fans have been known to chant, taunt safety school toward opponents, and we're smart, you're dumb at uh, UNC players. Mm-hmm. If I bring up the, the, the arrogant sanctimoniousness of Coach K uh, and dressing down student reporters when he doesn't like their questions and his, his refusal to bench uh, Allen, Grayson Allen, for dirty play. Mm-hmm. If I bring up all of that and if I bring up all of the elitist Duke fans who travel this country telling everybody within four seconds of meeting him that I went to Duke, that blue-blooded embodied privilege ray if i bring all of that up to you does it resonate <laughs> not really. i'm just trying to play the middle here right <laughs> really yeah not come really. on i come listen, on. i have you know one of my best friends one of my best friends in high school uh, uh, a guy named frank ryan who was the best athlete in our class for sure future cleveland brown quarterback uh no different frank ryan uh. different frank ryan but it was the best athlete in our class by yeah. far was recruited yeah. by everybody mm. uh and a good friend of mine um i mean he he went to duke right. i mean he had, he had the opportunity he went there played baseball and football had a terrific career and then you know, and I, listen, I was I was rooting for Duke when Frank was there, and our well, and our mutual our mutual good friend, friend Brian Baldinger is a Duke guy. Uh, the, and on. that's listen, I know, 
I, I, my, my Golick, who I like, and he's a good guy, went to Notre Dame. Doesn't mean I have to root for Notre Dame. I can root for Mike and not Notre Dame, right? I don't have to root for the, the, the evil, the incarnate that is the thing. See, here's a difference between you and I. First of all, playing the one of my best friends cards, right? I expected more from you. But no, it's here's the truth. The, what can uh, I tell okay. you? Well, that's fine, but that doesn't mean you have to like the school. Um, one of my friends went to Boston College, and it's, you know, because I went to BU, that's a rivalry. I hate him. But here, this is the thing. This is where you and I differ. You don't, um, you don't root against things in sports. You don't often root that much for it because you've kind of, you know, removed yourself from fandom, although we, we know that that's not always the case. But I would argue that in addition to the love of rooting for your team and the community that it creates, right? We're all here. We all root for the Eagles. It's what we share in the Delaware Valley. We carry this bond so that when they finally win the championship and 2 million people go to the parade, we are brothers and sisters. Correct. The other part of that is one of the fun aspects of being a sports fan is rooting against somebody in this town, obviously, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Mets. I mean, we know the, the Devils. We know the, the Celtics. We know the, we know the Hateds, right? Mm -hmm. Now, most of those are because they are a direct rival of one of our teams. College basketball, we talked last week about kind of the big five rivalries and how we all try to rise above it, that... You know, St. Joe's may hate Villanova during the season, but if they go to the tournament, sure, we're going to root for each other. That you know, we're we're brothers who fight, but in the end, we like each other. Mm -hmm. That but used to be you, true. I'm not so sure that it is, but it used to be that they didn't they didn't root for each other. or They did. Oh, I thought they did. I mean, back in the I think they do again now because okay. I think the rest of the Big Five is just kind of said uncle, and it's like the rest of the Big Five. I don't want to say isn't relevant. That's not what I want to say, but it's not competitive and so it's like Nova's the only hope they got yeah I think that's true but even in the 60s and 70s when it was a much more uh level playing field among the five schools and the rivalry was very heated when they played each other um if one of the teams got on a run and got into the tournament and started winning some games you felt the whole city unite behind them I mean that was true even yeah, okay. in the days when the rivalry was a true rivalry yeah, and I think it's returned to that a little bit as much as people care about it. I don't think people care about it the way they used to, which is unfortunate. They care about the NCAA, but the Big Five doesn't carry what it used to. But but I think the city, but I think the people in the city do root for Jay Wright. I yes. think, I oh, think, absolutely. I think he is a I think he's a unanimously embraced figure in this city and should be. Great point. So, um, but I don't have uh, I, I, I don't root. Well, I didn't go to any of the Big Five schools, so I don't. I don't carry that same spirit either of love or animosity that I would have had I actually – I taught at St. Joe, but I never went to St. Joe. I never went to Temple. Mm -hmm. um, so I need an enemy. Part of being a sports fan is I need an enemy. And Duke is so easy with the smugness. And so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it last night. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, i got to find – let me find Mike Rieswick's uh, tweet again. Let me find it here. Uh – so long, rat face. <laughs> he took it well. Um, yeah, with Mike, Mike, give I us a call. Two one five five nine two nine. Hold on, I, I just want to put out a personal plea. I don't know what Mike Vrieswick is doing. Probably playing in a CYO game somewhere. But if you're not Mike, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. I need you to to, to further the point. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Ray. No, that's okay. I I had very I had very limited dealings with Mike Shashevsky over the years. I mean, just. 
at my newspaper days interviewed him you know three or four times that yeah. was that was it so and he was always fine with me i mean i never i never had an issue with him but i i had seen i had seen film clips of him in other press conference settings where he was kind of snippy and he was kind of uh condescending i mean i could see him be that way with student reporters too yeah i mean you know they're kids they're trying to learn the craft give them kind of a break the worst the worst ever the the worst ever was bobby knight i mean he oh, well, was yeah. Oh, god, yeah god he was a miserable person yeah and he he thrived on that I mean, and he did was, he did yeah. he he sort of he, he sort of gloried in it for some yeah. reason it was a it was a perverse there were a lot of perverse aspects to his personality but one of them was that he really liked bullying reporters i mean yeah. that, that was that was along a, with everybody that was a game to him yeah sure and i i was uh not that i was the bully but i was in a room once when he was doing that to somebody and i almost spoke up and said what wouldn't but i didn't anyway it's just okay uh something uh, something else that game last night and it you know duke lost but had duke won or lost it was a great game it was a classic game it was a thing of beauty agreed mm-hmm. exciting Back and forth. I don't think either team got ahead by more than five points. Uh, certainly in the second half, nobody did. And um, so I'm going to throw something in here. And I actually, uh, I hold on, i got to find it. I hold in my hand a $25 gift card to the Conchahawk and Brewing Company, uh, of which I think people know I am a part. Five suburban locations in Conchahawk and King of Prussia, Haverdown, Phoenixville, and Bridgeport. And we'll give one of these out today. I'll put it in the mail for somebody. And here's the question, and I didn't really give you a lot of time to prepare, so if you want to think about it, you can. I'm going to throw one out here. The best game, and by the way, Moshe Kravitz, our producer, has to listen to this because I guarantee you a lot of people are going to get this wrong. The best game, best sporting event, not involving a Philadelphia team, two ground rules, not involving a Philadelphia team, and not a title game, not the Super Bowl, not the NCAA final. This was the semifinal. The best game not involving a Philadelphia team, nor a title game, any sport, any level, last 10 years. Because I think the one last night is in the running. Really? Oh, I love it. It was a great game. It was a riveting game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, you got more enthusiastic about it than I did. After the Villanova game, my interest level just... <laughs> It, it went way down. I mean, I was I. I mean, it was I was sort of just watching it with one eye, to be honest with you. I thought it was one for the ages. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, rec- I really did. I recognized that it was a good game. All the but- drama involved with it and the backstory, and it was it was a really well played game. No, I, to a large degree, I kind of checked out after Villanova. Sorry to okay. say, but I kind of well, did. I get it. I understand. But I watched every minute of that second game and, and really enjoyed it, and not just because Duke lost. I enjoyed it because it was high-level, great college basketball, an eight seed, right, knocking off the high seed. Uh, everything about it I thought was great. Um, so do you have, and if you're not, I'll give you one, which will surprise you, a game that you remember in the last 10 years, not a Philadelphia team, not a championship game. Um, no, nothing comes to mind immediately. Uh, I'm going to give you one, and it's going to be college football, right? Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go back to 2013, and I'm going to give, remember last 10 years, the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn, 28-28. Nick Saban goes for a long field goal, and the kid on Auburn, uh, Chris Davis, was mm-hmm. his name? Mm-hmm. Just standing uh, under the crossbar, catches it, 
109-yard return to win the game that was tied 28-28. Great game. I remember watching that game, and I'm not Mr. College Football and thinking this is one of the best games I ever saw. Yeah, well, I remember that's that's actually a good one. I I do remember that. I remember that game, and that was that was a classic. That that really was a classic. I mean, the the SEC fans will are still we're going well. They still talk about. And they're going to talk about that one forever. That was and the rivalry, great, the whole thing. Yeah, it, so, was, it, was, so, it, it had all the elements. You're right. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for: is a great game, any level, any sport. Can't be a championship game. Cannonball, Philadelphia, last 10 years. Somebody won the Conchi uh, Brewing gift card. And, of course, remember, if you call about that, do Moshe Kravitz, our producer, a favor. Have something else that you want to talk about. We don't want people just to win prizes, which is why we don't often give away prizes. We want you to have a good conversation and then put that on. Let's get Dennis before the break. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hello, Dennis. Yeah, hey, Glenn. Uh, I don't know. I was listening to your monologue about the Villanova game. It sounds like the way you guys are talking, it was a blowout from the start to the finish. And it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a blowout. They got down 19 points. They came back within 10 at halftime. And with five minutes left, they were down six points. Right. Now, yeah, but did, but, but did you really feel that they, that, yeah, that they yeah. were? Well, see, I didn't. Yeah. I, I really didn't. I, I mean, I knew they were that close, but I just had the feeling that Kansas was still in control of the game. I yeah, never but, really, I, yeah, I know they made their runs, and I know they got the score down to six, but I, I never really felt they were going to get over the hump. I just didn't. Yeah, but they lost their best player. Yeah, we once brought that up. Well, that's, oh, that's, no that's a whole yeah, different we, we issue. said that going that's into it. it, yeah. They hung in there. I'd expect them to win with a guy they had a double-digit, double-rebound defensive guy, but it wasn't a blowout from start to finish. Yeah, it was a blowout. No, it was. So, yeah, it was a blowout. Here, here's here's my view of it. What's a blowout to you? A blowout to, oh, me, a blowout is, to me is yeah. when, when, you, when you are down early in the game 10 to nothing and you end up losing by 16 points. That's a blowout. Yeah, but that's the last four minutes of the game. And the first ten minutes of the game. And here's here's how I view it, okay? He's not down. You say got Ozzie after the here, first five Here's minutes. how I view it, Dennis. Okay? And and I get the feeling you feel like we're taking an anti-Villanova stance. We're just kind of observing the game. They played they played bravely without their second best player, but they got blown out. I don't I don't think Jay Wright would disagree, but I view it that they got thrown off the wharf underwater. Finally, got above water for a little bit. Tread water, and in the end—well, I hate the way I'm going to say this—but in the end, they drowned. And that's that they was were the in game. the game, though. They were in the game with five. Well, minutes. okay. I, I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't think they were. See, I don't feel that. I, yeah, I don't no, feel that I don't way. Think so. I mean, I was. I, you know, I, listen. I was rooting for them as much as anybody. Uh, and when I saw them get to within six, I, I just didn't feel. I just didn't feel they were going to overcome it. I just. It, they just never felt to me like. That they were going to take control of the game. To me, to me, even at six points, to me, Kansas was still in control of the game. It really yeah. was. Yeah, and that's the closest you got. It's not like you were at six points for a long time. It's no, like you, you made. We all knew they were going to make some kind of run, some kind of push, and they made the push, and that's as close as they got. And then it, they kind of sunk below that water again. Uh, 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. As we said, give us the best game, any sport, any level. Not Philadelphia team the last 10 years. Give Moshe Kravitz something else that you want to talk about. Coming up, the Ray Didinger NFL Draft Preview. What do we got today, Ray? Well, I uh, decided I was going to do defensive backs over this weekend uh-huh. since I think that the Eagles – 
could use a little help in that area. So yesterday we talked about, uh, I gave you my five best cornerbacks. Today yep. I'm going to give you my five top safeties. Uh, I would love it. The second coming of Brian Dawkins on the Eagles, right, Ray? Uh, I don't see one of them out there, no. All right, well, <laughs> we'll find out what you do see. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now Sunday morning on 94 WIP. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 